Hello, this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 90 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode the D&D Self-Eval. So not very creative, but let me get the intro. Uh, This podcast will hit my website, uh, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the podcast, Uh, or you can go to Twitter, follow me there, at JustLittleJoe, or you can go to iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the podcast there. It is the Gaming with Grief podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a really cool black smoky background. Or uh, if you want to drop me a line, you can go there and go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. So go there, gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. Uh, before I start this show really quickly, I just want to say if you feel that you need help, If, um, you know, life is rough right now, even uh, we're still in a pandemic, maybe you know somebody that was uh, either hospitalized or maybe even died from coronavirus or, you know, friends and family, Uh, if you feel you can't take it or, you know, times are just crazy in general, um, you know, uh, I've been pretty open and honest before about therapy and how that's helped me. Um, you know, don't be afraid if you're, hopefully, uh, you have insurance that covers therapy. If it does, uh, I recommend seeing a therapist. It is good to get a somewhat neutral third party to, you know, not validate your feelings, but, uh, kind of, I don't know, guide you in a way. Um, I look at it, I think now like school, you know, uh, no matter what you could say about higher education, there's basic things you learn in school that you can carry throughout your life, you know, um, especially if you took like a home ec class or any kind of um, tech class, anything like that. Uh, those things are helpful, and I think therapy can be the same thing, where they teach you the basic things, maybe, or at least the way to look at something or give you a new perspective on something, uh, you know, to maybe deal with something correctly, your feelings, your emotions, what have you. Uh, I can't recommend therapy enough. Um, if you notice the audio sounds different, it's because I spent $30 and got a cover for my mic. It was on a stand before. I now have an arm, a boom arm. It was $20. So with the cover and the boom arm was like 30 bucks altogether. So I've upgraded my equipment. So yay, right? So hopefully this sounds good. I'm trying to learn, uh, mic, uh, discipline. So I may drift a little bit, but we'll just see how this goes. Um, so yeah, this episode, I just really want to talk about, uh, D&D and my experience, um, playing D&D with my fellow, you know, with players. And I, I've been honest before I've taken time off. Um, I think my storytelling is a little bit, um, I, I, I think I need to do better of outlining, I think is what it is because I've told people and I still think this is true. You know, if you... I've said it before on the podcast, if you plan for the players to do four things, uh, they will do the fifth thing. And so I had um, kind of a really bad, not bad, but it was eye-opening. I try not to railroad the players, and by that, I've heard that term um, tossed around a lot. It's the idea that um, you kind of tell the players what they're doing as opposed to them telling you. It's like, okay, you know, you're on a train. You know, you guys are walking through town and you go to the castle and you meet the king. It's like, wait, we wanted to stop at the inn. Like, you didn't even let us talk. I had a moment of that in a campaign. 
And I did, while I was doing it, I wanted a big event to happen, a big battle to happen. And an NPC uh, died. And I wanted to show the players that, um, you know, obviously death is terrible. And you don't uh, want anybody to die. But I wanted it to be a big deal. And I wanted the players to see what a big deal it was. And so I... um, kind of made them fight this creature i was like you know you see this creature out of your peripheral there was like a mini siege going on like somebody's trying to storm the gates of this town and i wanted them to fight this creature at least engage with this creature that i had created this kind of eldritch creature and uh i could tell by the looks on their faces uh that they were not excited about fighting the creature they were not about to go there they were not about to fight it they were not about to they, there's no way whatsoever that they wanted to do it. And I kind of eased them into fighting it. It attacked them. And then this big event happened. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the NPC died. Um, and kind of that was the big turning point in the campaign. Looking back on it now, I probably um, maybe would have changed the encounter. Uh, this creature has the ability to take on several forms. Maybe it should have taken on another form. And just, you know, been a beggar or someone on the road and then uh, they get in a fight with it. And then it slowly like, you know, like a Resident Evil game, like it slowly turns into this thing where like this thing is crazy and they're fighting it and maybe they get wounded and flee. Um, I could have changed that, I think. And it's stuff like that where you really have time to sit back and reflect. I did ask the players, I think a session after that, you know, did that feel like you were being railroaded? They said, yeah, it did a little bit, but they said it kind of led to some interesting things. So I'm just trying, you know, I was, wasn't was like put on notice and that nobody was like, oh, I, I never want to do this again. I think it was that people just felt, I don't know, I, I felt that it was kind of not the right move. And I think that's important, you know, when you're, if you're DMing to always try to, um, you know, learn from your mistakes or learn uh, you know, at, at least do some self-evaluation, things like that. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think, um, well, I mean, there's more to see. If, I, I think what it is, is I just need to, because everything's kind of in my head in broad strokes. And again, if you, uh, you know, want the players to do one thing, they'll do another. And I think for me, maybe outlining a timeline of here's the things I want to happen. Here's the possible combat encounters. I think that would be really helpful, you know, uh, in my head to kind of get everything down, to get everything together and then be able to present that to the players because I do plan. I plan combat encounters. I know when they're going to go to major towns. Uh, obviously as a, you know, uh, things don't always work out. Uh, combat sometimes takes too long. Uh, sometimes players just ask, 20 more questions of an NPC that you're like, oh, wow, I really thought they'd be done with this um, by now, but they're not. And I think all that stuff has to be kind of evaluated against each other. I I really think about that a lot of like, how can we, I don't want to push people again. I don't want to railroad people, but I have sat at the table when people have planned, taken two real time hours to plan a siege. And that's rough. It's rough to sit there. Because again, you don't want to tell the players to hurry up. You don't. You don't want to see the like. You don't want to be there. Like, hey guys, you know, we got we got stuff to do. Could we hear this along? Um, but at the same time, you want to, um, you know, you want to tell people, uh, 
hey, uh, we got to move this along. <laughs> and so I think it was um, kind of shown to me uh, last time we played the, the, the adventures you just listened to on the podcast. Um, I did outline everything in broad strokes. I did plan. But there was moments that I felt I wasn't prepared enough, um, which maybe happens to every DM. I don't know. But this really was kind of a one shot where I had very broad strokes of, okay, I want this to happen. I want this. I want that to happen. And uh, yeah, things didn't go a certain way. I wanted the puzzles to be a little bit more detailed, but um, both the players kind of reached out and said, no, I kind of like it when these things aren't as, uh, you know, I, I don't like it when I have to sit here and think and think and think and think of stuff, you know? It's um, crazy to do that. And um, I'm kind of glad that uh, I had just the right amount of um, planning, I guess. And, and, and my NPC tried not to help too much. And I thought, man, this is kind of a light puzzle. But both players were like, I like that. I like that we kind of got in and got it done, you know? So that's another thing you have to take it. You're like, I want this to be really hard. And the players are like, I love that it. it was so easy. Um, because I, I could have planned more and made it more difficult, but some of it is I've really done a lot of puzzles in games too. So yeah, I mean, this is all again, a learning experience and it, um, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I think, oh, and, and one thing I was going to say, I, you know what I, I really think I hit, what I really like I've noticed is smaller groups now that I'm older and I like the planning stages of games before you know the idea that um oh you know what i'm gonna go my wizard's gonna go learn some spells or um we're gonna go off i think the best campaign we had was uh the group actually went to a place and they all split up and so what i did i did their adventures as um you know separate campaigns and that was amazing. I think it was great because it showed that, um, you know, everybody, I could give them a little bit of story. They really had a lot of character development. They started to get into their characters. Uh, some people really like role playing. Um, so it was good. Even newer example of this was uh, the most recent one I did the epilogue with my wife and uh, my friend Martin, um, where we did like solo epilogues. Uh, which I really like, you know, because it was a way for them to um, kind of figure out, you know, who and what their character was and what they're about. Um, I like the fact that Carla's character got really annoyed with people uh, when obviously there was going to be some kind of consequence for her actions. And um, I like that. I like that she got annoyed. And I mean, I know it was an audio podcast, but the way she looked at me uh, when her contact, uh, you know, she said, is there anything else you could do? And he was, you know, basically like, I, I, I sold you the tent. And then she said, well, you know, I'll take this. And he said, well, you did pay for it. Uh, the way she looked at me was pretty good. It was just uh, that back and forth. Martin's character, um, he kind of played it comedically, but he did get serious. And I really like that. Not that I wanted to be serious all the time. But, you know, he did a really good swing with his role-playing where it was, uh, you know, he kind of treated his partner, Trosh, a little crazily. But then, um, you know, Trosh had to step up and Trosh had some skills. So it was nice. 
uh, to see Martin kind of rise to that occasion and then also uh, kind of be open to the fact that, you know, he was basically hiring someone uh, to build a magical weapon, which is expensive, you know, and I think he understood that. I don't, he, he didn't, I talked to him a little bit. I don't think he felt that he was, you know, forced in a position. I know there was one time in the campaign where he basically wanted to steal something from my character and um, he really wanted it. And he said, I don't, you know, I don't understand how he's fighting back. It looks like he's passed out. I guess that was a little bit of a railroad, but I think, um, you know, I don't know. There was something. My character didn't need that item. Uh, he has it in the campaign he's in now. This was like a prequel. So he got that item and then traveled to uh, the place he's at now. Um, it was like a teleportation stone kind of. So, yeah, I guess I couldn't let Martin steal it. But, I mean, how do you facilitate that? How do you cut, how do you cut a player off, um, you know, when that happens? How do you tell them subtly that you don't want that to happen? Or, you know, you, you can't allow that to happen. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, again, you don't want to, you know, tell the player they can't do what they want to do. But, you know, you still want people to have... Uh, actions and, um, you know, feel good about what they're doing and stuff like that and have a good time. So you don't want to just keep telling people no all the time. Um, again, I ran into a thing. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. I won't probably talk about that till it's resolved. But, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. It's, it's me kind of realizing outlines aren't bad. And, um, you know, I just need to be open instead of, I mean, everything's in my head and it is a line, but sometimes, you know, when players diverge, uh, that line gets messed up. So there's probably some kind of program or something uh, online that I can make that, um, or like a timeline thing maybe on uh, iPages or uh, Windows or something that um, I could just try out and say, hey, uh, you know... Um, let me see if I can get this to work and maybe write out a timeline of events that I want, maybe put levels down. So, cause I like milestone leveling. I'm not a big fan of the, um, I'm not a big fan of, uh, like experience because I have run into situations when I've been in groups and I've been running stuff where you give some people some experience, you give other people maybe not so much. And then people start to think, Oh man, um, why am I, why am I here? I'm not contributing enough to the group. I'm not getting as much as everybody else. So, over the past couple of years, I've really kind of um, got into milestone leveling. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now with milestone leveling. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, you hit a milestone. Everybody's level eight. Let's, um, let's train up. Let's do that. Um, I think what is going back to the point about, uh, you know, having smaller groups, I think that's been very helpful. Um, I, I remember a long time ago, years ago, it was one of those things where you'd be in groups where it would be, man, like nine or 10 people. I think I mentioned this a little bit before, but I invited you to a friend's house and uh, he was playing and he said, uh, okay, uh, you know, it's you and other people and let's play. And I was like, great, that's great. Let's play. Um, and I got there and we, we all rolled initiative for a turn order and it was, uh, I was last. I guess this, it doesn't really matter if you're last. It matters. Uh, anyway, he was spending about 
10 to 15 minutes per person just kind of telling them a story, which is good. You know, you want to have people role play. But like, imagine if you're eight in a, in a row of eight and the other people have 15 minutes in front of you. I mean, what is that? That's one, two, three. That's two hours, basically. About an hour and 45 minutes. My math is right. My math usually isn't right. But yeah, they, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you're, you're going to sit there and listen to everybody, which is interesting. Um, but I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't help the group and it definitely makes you feel like, what am I doing here? Like I could be, be at home reading a book or something like, you know, and then I think too, it's, um, I kind of felt like this was my group. Not that it's bad, but there is one player in our group that wants to know what's going on at all times. My thought process is though, it's much like. Uh, real life, where you're kind of looking over, observing something, maybe the rest of the group is observing something else, and maybe you get a piece of information, or you get a glimpse of something that the rest of the group didn't see, you have the choice to tell the group if you want to, you know, share with them information that you just learned or not, and, uh, you know, they in turn have the same amount of choice to do that to you, and I'm running to a thing now where it kind of goes against the grain. It, I guess it is just a new way of playing, but he wants to know everything. So if one of the other characters sees something in the distance, uh, rolls an uh, investigation check and or perception checks and sees something in the distance, he wants to just know what's going on. What I used to do is I used to mute people and say like, okay, you see this. And then I would unmute everybody and say, this is what everybody else sees. Um, because again, you can choose to share information or not with the group which is fine. Um, so it, it's one player and part of me not, you know, I'm a pretty open person. I'm not going to stamp down on anybody who trying something different. I am trying to get out of my comfort zone. I'm trying something a little bit different uh, to do that. So um, hopefully, um, you know, I don't know if it'll stick with me though, but uh, I'm getting open to the idea of that happening because again, at first it was hard. It's rough. And again, I am doing it because I kind of want to get out of my comfort zone. And I, I think there is kind of a great brevity to it of like, oh, because, you know, I used to do the thing where I'd mute people, like I said, and share different information with everybody. But then you'd inevitably have to catch everybody up. Oh, you didn't see that? And it kind of slows everything down. Oh, you didn't see that? Oh, I saw this. I saw that. In fact, um, last session with the group, we had just a catch-up session because it was... Uh, it had been so long uh, since we had, um, you know, met. It was before the holidays, so it was a big thing of, okay, let's uh, just, everybody just sit by a campfire and share what they know. And I loved it. Oh, did you know this? You know, I even leveled with them at the end of the campaign of, you know, usually we only meet once every two weeks, but it's like a six to seven hour session. It's pretty long. But I kind of leveled with everybody and said, um, you know, this is you guys, if this was a video game, you would have a quest log in front of you and you guys are deciding which direction to go. So, um, yeah, uh, I think they liked it, you know, a lot. And I, uh, you know, I kind of come to the conclusion that one, I like smaller groups. Two, I definitely need to outline more. I've been doing it a long time, but I'm getting to the point now where um, it's not like my brain is going or anything. You just want to make definitive decisions on something. Because I, what happened was I introduced a character that is in D&D &D lore, or Wizards of the Coast lore, I'll say. 
and I had an idea for how his character went, and I read very little. I read um, a couple wiki entries on the character, um, and then I kind of fell backwards into. I had another broad idea of how this character was going to fit in the world. Uh, lo and behold, uh, one of the players shared with me um, one of the wiki pages he found with this same character. And it basically just said everything that I had put together in my head for how the campaign was going to work. So I kind of fell backwards into a story point. Um, and uh, it, I mean, it worked out in my favor, but I think not that I'm going to like change. I mean, you know, it's all homebrew. You're all coming up with your own ideas. But I, I think I want I want there to be, uh, you know, like... Um, I know where the campaign's going to end. Basically, I don't want it to just be in my head. So if something gets flubbed, you know, somebody in the 11th hour says, oh, no, well, actually, remember this one thing happened. And so that's what needs to happen. We can't just have this thing. We have to have this other thing. And it's, you know, it would ruin your campaign. Um, I had that a little bit with the Dragon Age thing where I thought one of the players kind of got screwed over. Um, but his epilogue, I kind of fixed it. And I, it was purposely like that. And I had it all. I had it in my head. That's how it was going to go, but it worked out, you know? Um, again, there's all a learning process. And again, I've been doing this a long time, but I don't want to sit here and, uh, say that I know everything and that, um, you know, I can't grow or change. Um, I mean, that's what I'm doing now. I'm doing this eval because it sounds, it, it feels good to sit here and hash out like why I enjoy what I'm doing and stuff like that. And, you know, why I want to continue to do it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fun and I want to continue to do it, but I think, after this campaign, after because it's it's going to be weeks and weeks and weeks, um, I believe the characters will probably be around level fourteen or fifteen. They won't get to level twenty, but there will be like a stinger at the end. Um, and I'll tell everybody, listen up. Um, I'm going to have to take a big break, and I'm actually developing like a homebrew game, like my own. It's basically a generic rule set that I'm using. That in the rule set. Uh, they said, hey, go ahead and make your own, you know, use this to do your own thing. I'm not publishing it, uh, but it's based on a bunch of stuff. And I'm work. I'm actually like as a document writing stuff down and I want to be able to test that with people. Um, so I'll probably be doing that. It's going to take a few weeks. It'll probably be after this D&D thing's over with just so I can naturally get a break uh, for, you know, what I've been doing and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to do that with testing that with as many people as I can. I think that the homebrew thing that I'm doing is more of a, um, like a, it's more of what I lean into, which is like a one-on-one, -on -one, uh, adventure and kind of building characters out. And then maybe at the end, they all come together and say, ah, oh, we're together. We have to do this thing. We have our own experiences. We basically don't have time to catch up, but like, what could we bring to the experience? And I'm, I'm hoping to do, uh, that to bring that stuff to the table. So yeah, I mean, many more, you know, and, uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for this week. So um, just to let you guys know, this podcast will hit my website, uh, www.gamewithgrief.com, uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment. Let me know what you think of the show. Uh, let me know if you, what you think of the new audio quality. Uh, you can also find me, uh, on Twitter at just little Joe, go there. Uh, I'm more of a tweet voyeur, but I will tweet out people. And I try to stay positive on Twitter, thanking people for their work or whatever. Uh, cause there's an, enough negativity in the world, especially on social media. Um, but yeah, go there. Uh, let me know what you think, or, uh, you could subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. 
Uh, it's the Gaming Group podcast with Joseph Carlson. It's got a black smoky background. Go there. Give me the stars and the likes and such and the reviews. That helps me out. Um, or if you want to drop me a line, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there. Uh, let me know what you think of the show. Um, I actually heard from another listener that listened to the political podcast. Uh, two listeners. One did not like it. One liked it. Uh, we're going to put, Avid and I are putting that on another feed. That's another podcast that Avid and I are doing. You probably saw it in this feed. It's the Grief of Politics podcast. That's going to be on a completely different feed. I'm going to remove it from my Game with Grief uh, website because it's the content's completely different. You don't have to subscribe to both, um, but you can write uh, there. We'll have some announcements uh, next week because uh, we're, we're, again, it's going to come out. Uh, on the 20th so uh two weeks actually uh it'll come out and we'll have some announcements there but uh stay safe out there guys uh be healthy and i will talk to you guys uh next week bye